on back to a, another episode of Bar Talk. So I'm doing this one a little differently today because normally I record these later in the evening, which makes sense for when I'm drinking. However, um, I recorded this at noon. So it's a little bit before noon right now, Central Standard Time on a Thursday, and I'm drinking. Yeah. So, we'll see how this Thursday goes for me. Not really sure if it's going to be promising or if it can go down the rabbit hole. But we're all going to be in this together and we're going to find out and let's wait and see. Okay, so really quick, let's recap last week. Guys, if you weren't able to listen to the show last week with Pete Houlihan, I highly suggest it. Pete has a phenomenal story and I just really enjoyed uh you know, learning about his why in life. And I think his why is spectacular. So if you haven't listened to that, definitely go ahead and give it a listen to after this show. Guys, there have been some great things that have happened this past week. And that being that baseball is back. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Opening weekend though, it felt like a home run derby a bit. Like none of the games were close that opening weekend. It was like one game was 10 to three. The other one was 11 to one. Um, There were such large gaps between teams. It was, I guess it just shocked me to say the least. Um, But there's there's been so much that's happened in baseball in this week that I kind of want to recap it quickly. So um, as of right now, guys, we're f- I'm filming this. It's Thursday, and this will be released on Friday. So obviously there can be things that change from Thursday to Friday morning or whenever you des- decide to listen to this. Um, as of Thursday morning, 19 players in the Miami Marlins, um, between the players and the coaches, have tested positive for corona. And I think what's shocking me more is like, like MLB, like, did you really think that this wasn't going to happen? We are still in the middle of a pandemic, okay? People are still getting sick. Unfortunately, people are still dying from this. So as much as you can, quote unquote, try and contain this, like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, truthfully, I'm just, I'm really shocked. Um, And now, you know, it goes into play of like, Miami's lost a lot, a good percentage of their team. And now they have to, they're, they're going to be quarantined for two weeks. And we're only playing 60 games, guys. So what the hell? (laughs) I'm just, I, I, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. And I think, you know, as of me looking at the news today, nothing's really come out. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, let's also talk about everyone's new favorite MLB player. All right, guys. And this goes to my sister, um, my sister Jill, who's watching, I know he's your new love and your new obsession. And this man's name is Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly made the sourpuss face heard, saw around the world. And it is the meme and the gif or gif or however you say it that is just going to keep on giving. Um, he's He's got a bit of a wild arm to say the least. 
Ghost. And for those of you who have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, uh, Joe Kelly is a pitcher with the LA Dodgers. And LA played um, Houston uh, a few nights ago. And let's just say he kind of went at a few players' heads with a fastball of like 98, 95 miles an hour, whatever it was. And uh, he struck out Carlos Correa, and the look that he gave as he walked out off the mount was absolutely priceless. And I can think of a hundred things in my head when I look at his sour lip puss face, and I swear to God it just makes me laugh harder and harder each time. Joe Kelly has been uh, suspended, I believe it's eight games by the MLB. Um, He'll probably, you know, appeal it, but what will happen from there? We will wait and see. Um, Yeah, so baseball's back, and it's kind of crazy. We also got hockey's back. I think the funniest tweet I saw was, like, never thought I'd be this excited for an NHL exhibition game in July. Yet, here we are, guys, and we couldn't be more excited about this. And the WNBA is back, too. And it was so awesome to see these big, you know, NBA guys supporting the WNBA with the orange hoodie. Guys, it was the number one selling thing on, I believe it was Fantastic.com, and it was so cool just to be able to watch them and see them and see the support from, you know, their male counterparts. And that's all we're asking for, you know, just support them. And they're going to ball out, and I'm so excited. And I can't wait to see just what the season looks like for those ladies as well. It's just nice to feel like things are starting to get back to normal in a small way, Um you know, bouncing back and forth between two channels with live sports. I did it this past week and I cried. I actually cried tears of joy because I was overjoyed. And one of the people I bounced back and forth between was the Cubs. Never thought I'd do that, but I was really excited about it. Okay, so let me go ahead and share with you all who our guest is today? I'm really excited. Today we have Luke Gregerson. Luke has played uh, in the league now for since 2009. Uh, he's been playing, though, for 13 years. Um, he most notably was with Houston in 2017 when they won the World Series. So kind of got to talk about that um you know his point of view on Houston's cheating scandal and what what's next for him you know he's currently a free agent so there is a possibility that he could get picked up this year but there's that question that he has to ask himself of does he want to play this year with everything that's going on so guys get ready for that and also wait till the very end of the show because I'm adding a new segment on called you can't fix stupid moment of the week because I've seen a lot of those lately and even though I've tried to become a very like center and zen human being which since this pandemic's happened I can't help but still want to sock some people in the face not actually I'm not a violent person 
but figuratively speaking, some people just do some really stupid stuff. And uh, I'm going to share that at the very end. So stay tuned for the end to hear what that moment of the week is for me. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the reason why you're here listening on in to another episode of Bar Talk, Luke Gregerson, ladies and gentlemen. This is the earliest I've ever done one of these um, shows. So this is the earliest I've ever been drinking because of a show. I'm not mad oh. about it. You'll, and you'll appreciate this. Hold on. I'm going to go get my beverage. Okay. I'm okay with drinking at noon. Or 1 o'clock my time. Noon my time. Oh, that's a beautiful setup. Oh, my God. I love that. Is it actually tapped with 312? Hell Yeah. That's amazing. Uh oh, I don't know what I did. So I have a friend, my sister-in-law grew up with this guy, um, and we got connected. Me and him totally separately, but they know each other. And he owns a bunch of different bars and restaurants. I shouldn't say a bunch, but you know, a few mm-hmm. in Orlando. And we just got to talking about beer one day, and I was like, "Yeah, I've been trying to get this this one place to get me a keg of three one two. They said they can do it, but they keep giving me the runaround." And, and I'm like, he goes, dude, I own two bars and a couple restaurants. He's like, I get you a keg of 312 by tomorrow. Fucking calls me the next day. He goes, hey, man, I got your keg. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to call you every time now, just so you know, because this is like, this is what I'm going to be drinking. All right. So you're drinking 312. Um, I Cheers. would normally be on my second cup of coffee. So I'm drinking Jameson Cold Brew. Uh, okay. So I'm either going to really like myself later or really hate myself. <laughs> well. So first off, how are you? Let's just think positive. Think positive. Think positive. It's Thursday. It's almost the weekend. Um, So how have you been doing, I guess, just in general? How are things going? Uh, I mean, minus the craziness going on in the world right now, great. I mean, happy. Got a great family. Healthy kids. Healthy family. You know, I, I got no complaints, really. Well, that's good. Um, So I really did want to pick your brain because obviously Corona isn't going anywhere. And I know down in Florida, it's even worse. Um, But like, are you surprised that there's even like a baseball season this year? Like in all honesty, because I just know for me, like, you know, with the Marlins, like as of today, it's Thursday. So they had 19 reported cases between players and coaches. Like, I mean, like, are you surprised um, short answer, no. And this is just an opinion, you know, most of what I'm going to say about probably a lot of your questions are just opinion based and mm-hmm. based off of whatever knowledge I do have on certain issues. But especially when it comes to this, in my opinion, I feel like this is all like smoke and mirrors from a baseball standpoint. I feel like they wanted to make it seem like we were going to have baseball but I, in the back of my head, I'm like, this is exactly what's going to happen, and this is exactly what's happening. So yeah. I feel like if they can find a way to get this to work, great. I mean, because I, you know, as well as anybody, people love sports in general. I just don't see it making it to the end of this baseball season. When you have, especially right now, you're going to have a team miss a quarter of a season like, like that, you know, in one day. They're going to miss a quarter of this baseball season now. And it's like, how do you compete when you don't have all your athletes out there compete? 
I know. And I also think too, like maybe this is a bit cynical of me, but like, I guess I can't help myself. Like what's to stop a team from lying about someone having it when they, you know, like, 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 for example, let's say the Dodgers need to win a game and Kershaw is pitching and Kershaw comes in that day and they need to win that game. And Oh shit, Kershaw tested positive. Like what's to stop them from saying, no, he's good. It's a great question. Um, I believe there's, you know, and that's a really good question, actually, because if you think about it, what the Marlins just did was they had found out that they were getting all these positive tests. And I forget who it was that said it, but someone had came out and said that is, that is enough to prove that there is an outbreak, you know, uh, however they want to describe it. And they played it anyways. At least that's how I understood the story. Yeah. So now there was like all that kind of back talk on them. Like, well, why did they play that game when they knew that they had a small outbreak or whatever they call it? So I'm like, well, isn't there someone there? Isn't there some safeguards or something set in place to, to say, hey, like, listen, you guys can't go out there and play. You guys have half your team has the coronavirus, you know, you, you're guaranteed to give it to somebody else. I mean, and, and we were t- I was talking about this with a buddy of mine. I'm like, when I played, I was constantly licking my hands. I mean, yeah. spitting on my hands. Like, it'll be, I mean, your hands get full of dirt. You know, the balls come out and they're like really powdery. So, spit my hands. I rub the ball up. And then between every pitch, lick my fingers, lick my fingers, just get a little tack on my fingertips so I don't airmail one at someone's head. And, it's like, how many people are touching that baseball now that you licked and that you licked and that you licked? You know, it's just it's never ending. Yeah, it's, uh, it's gross to think about it when you put it that way. Um, but you're a free agent. You're not retired. I put my foot in my mouth the other day when we talked. So, um, but if you were given the chance to play this year, because obviously there is a possibility, would you take it? Uh, oh, and it, right now, I feel like it's it's getting even harder to answer that question because up until this week, and I shouldn't even say this week because I'm still throwing and I'm still working out. As you can see, I got my nice little home gym. Amen. Get all my work done. But I am ready to play. I would be ready to play tomorrow if somebody needed it. I'm starting to get to the point where I don't know if I want to now just because – I feel like I'm really going to be wasting a lot of time and energy into something that's not really going to happen, I guess. Yeah. I'm kind of torn. I I, I don't blame you because, I mean, it's like, one, why wouldn't you? It's what you love to do. Um, But then you also have to ask that question of, like, do you potentially want to be away from your wife and kids and family for that period of time? Yeah, absolutely. And I and I have a, a really good friend of mine who I played with in San Diego, um, Will Venable. He's the third base coach for the Cubs. Um, him and his family have been have been living in our place in Chicago last last few years since he's been with them. And this year we both decided we're like, well, we want to spend more time in Chicago. Hopefully this year. Um, he called me actually to set it up. He's like, yeah, well, we're actually thinking about getting our own place anyways. Ah, it's going to work out great, you know. Well all this stuff happened and Will needed somewhere to stay. I just called him and he said, listen, don't even think twice about this. 
go to my house. It's yours. We're not going to be in Chicago now anyways. But he had to leave his family and his wife and kids aren't, aren't there, you know? And so he was having a really hard time with that. He's got three little baby girls at home, you know? So like, that's, it's been a real challenge for him. I know that just being a, a great guy, a good family man, a great father. And he's been really struggling with that side of it. But at the end of the day, this is, you know, this is his job. This is what he does. And he's got to tough it out, hopefully, just for a little while. I mean, it's only a couple more months, I guess. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, it's just a couple more months. Um, so you've been in the league now, been a professional baseball player for 13 years. And I read something about you that I think is so ironic and made me laugh. When you were at St. Exabs, you didn't want to pitch. No, I didn't. Why didn't you want to pitch? I, I, well, honestly, for the and this is going to sound wrong, but I still don't love pitching. Oh I do God. it because I'm at it, and I love playing baseball, and it keeps me in the game. But I think at some point when I'm becoming just a pitcher, I stopped becoming a baseball player, and I became a pitcher, which is like two separate things. Mm-hmm. I play in the game, and I pitch in the game, but – I don't get to hit. I don't get to run around. I don't get to get my uniform dirty on occasion, but those are accidents. And I miss playing the game of baseball. I miss diving and catching and throwing people out, you know, and just the game of baseball. I miss, I miss doing that. So King. got recruited to St. Xavier. They, I, they, I came in as a third baseman and a pitcher. And I was like, listen, I don't, I have zero interest in pitching. I just want to play third. Well, we had Tommy Siska playing third and he was a really I mean he was he was great over there. He was a great third baseman, good batter. And we needed an outfielder and so they threw me in the right field and I ended up playing right field all four years. So Can was, you imagine how different your life would be though if you didn't listen to your coach telling you you need a pitch? Yeah, I mean I probably would have went to law school and <laughs> been a lawyer doing something I don't even know anymore. But I mean that was my original plan anyways and Things worked out for the better, I think. I I think so, too. Um, So 2017 was a, we'll call it a memorable year for you. Um, And it probably didn't start off the way you had hoped. You know, you you lost your dad to a two-year battle with brain cancer. When you finally got to go and play again, did the game change for you at all? Um, Because of that? just not having him there. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was really weird actually. I had a lot of uh I don't know I, I don't know how I would describe it. Maybe I maybe I grieve differently than others or maybe yeah, maybe just the thought of him not being there was was I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but I mean, I just I honestly couldn't really tell you many details about 2017 except for the world series like i'm like that, i mean that i think will i'll never forget but like that rest of that season i couldn't tell you what happened on game one or what happened on game 162 like i i, I just don't remember and there was a lot of that that year where i was just i honestly i felt like i was just always out of it i was always tired um so i don't know what that was stress you know, grieving, whatever it may be. Um, it was just a strange year for me, and I, I really just don't remember it. But, you know, not having my dad there, I, it was it just sucked. I mean, he was, like, the biggest baseball fan ever. He was, you know, 
seeing his face going to baseball games or being down the tunnel and all these guys are coming out walking by he was like he was like a 60 year old kid again you know just <laughs> i shouldn't say 60 because he passed away when he was 60 but you know he's in his 50s yeah. the whole time and i mean he just loved the game of baseball and he just loved meeting all these people and shaking their hands and everyone shake his hand be like holy cow you is your hand made of steel you know like, he grabs someone's hand like oh crap you got a strong grip there guy you know but <laughs> He just loved it. I mean, he loved sports. He was, he was an athlete. He played softball, obviously, you know, with your dad and with my, mm-hmm. my cousin Ronnie. And, I mean, for years and years and years. So, I mean, he just loved sports and he just loved being around the guys and being around the game. And in 17, it was it sucked because I played for Team USA again, which was his favorite. That was, I mean, by far his favorite thing was being on me being on Team USA. And we win the gold medal in Dodger Stadium in 2017, and then we win a World Series in Dodger Stadium in 2017, and I'm like, how the fuck was this guy not here to see this? You know, like, how the hell, oh, after all of this, he comes and misses these two biggest things, you know? It was fucking sucked. Yeah. Did you feel, um, I'm a big believer in, like, my, my, my family calls them <laughs> So any way in which, you know, someone comes to you and says hi, the way I get them is through dimes. I never met my grandmother, but I swear I have this, like, I can just feel her when she's around. And whenever I'm bartending at my family's bar and I'm like pissed off or like want to yell at a customer, I find a dime. And I feel like it's her way of saying like, you need to calm down. And I'm like, okay, I'll relax. So I'm curious. Searching for a dime or you just find No, they just come. I swear to God. And we don't. I mean, we're cash only. We don't give people change. Like, that's just weird. So I remember the one time I, someone said something ignorant to me and I'm cleaning a dish in the sink and I'm, you know, MF in the sink and just trying to get all my anger out. So I don't yell at a customer and I go over to clean it and there's a dime at the bottom of the sink. And I was like, okay, okay. I'll calm down. I'll calm down. I hear you. you. But they come in the weirdest ways, I swear. And it's, you know, sometimes she's saying hi or sometimes it's, you know, I'll be asking a question in my head and then it appears. So I, I can't ex- I can't explain it, but they come and I swear it's just her way of like letting me know she's with me all the time. Do you, cool. has there ever I, been anything like that with you? I can't say that I have. I mean, that's really cool. And if you start finding coins like that, that's pretty sweet but i haven't had, i haven't experienced anything like that i do believe in it you know i'm with you on it but i just i haven't really experienced anything like it maybe you just need to like open your eyes to it maybe yeah maybe. i mean i've i've tried i mean i've i've been trying to open my eyes to a lot of things and that one uh heck maybe one day you'll be the first to know i'll let you know let me know definitely um so you, I, I can't believe I didn't put the, the two and two together. You won at Dodger Stadium for both of them. You know, I, I can't, my dream was always to like play volleyball for Team USA, but when you're 5'7 and can't jump, like it just doesn't work out, you know, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So can you just explain like that feeling of being able to like represent your country on your chest? Yeah, and, and two totally different feelings too from playing in that and, playing in a world series, like playing in the, the WBC was, I mean, first of all, being able to represent an entire country of people opposed to a small city of people, you know, in the sea of thousands of cities across the country, 
is a pretty amazing thing to know that everybody's pulling for you and not just one small group of people. Like everybody in the entire country is watching these games. Maybe I don't know how I don't know how many people watched. I don't know what the what the uh, numbers were, but I know that the turnout was a lot better than the previous one in 2012. And like I said, my dad was a huge fan of Team USA. Like I think that was one thing he was like the most proud of was that aspect of it, just being able to represent someone's country like that. But the team itself was like playing on a college all-star team where everybody knew each other and it was like a bunch of the boys just going out and playing baseball having fun and then walking away with a gold medal at the end of it you know that was pretty pretty amazing talk about um the eagle that you got from your father-in-law yeah so so he was in transition my father-in-law was kind of in transition he was living down towards Tampa. Then he was living up in Georgia for his job. Like he was kind of bouncing for his job at the time. He was in between coming back to central Florida. And so I was like, Hey, just bring your stuff here. I got plenty of room in the house, put it on the garage. You got, you take the guest room and just stay here as long as you need to until you figure out which direction you're heading, you know? And so, so he moves all his stuff in here and he has got an obsession with Eagles. And I come home one day and open my garage and I have 30 eagle figurines all <laughs> over the place. And I'm like, what the hell is going on, you know? And so we're, we're down in Miami and we're getting ready to play a game. And it might have been practice or something, who knows. And I see it, two of the guys sitting next to me are like on Amazon or Google or whatever, just trying to find eagles. And I was like, what are you guys looking for eagles for? And they're like, well – you know, if we're going to represent Team USA, we need a mascot. And we figured the eagle was the best thing. I was like, well, listen, if you guys need an eagle, I got an eagle guy. <laughs> you know, like, they're like, what do you mean? I was like, my father-in-law has a whole garage full of eagles at my house right now. I was like, I'm going to call him, him send us a couple pictures, and I'll have him bring one down when he comes down in a couple of days. And so, sure enough, I'm like, Chuck, send me – your four favorite biggest eagles you got and send me pictures of them. And so he does. And we all picked out the, this, the one that we chose and he drives it down there and we put it on the bench, you know, during the game and we lose. And so we left him in the, in the uh, clubhouse the rest of the time. And we won every single game after that all the way to the end. <clears throat> and we flew with it across the country. And, <clears throat> and then Pat Neshek, I believe, ran it out to the mound, you know, holding it up in the air when we won and everyone's dancing around it on the mound. I was like, this is incredible. You know, so I had everybody sign it and we auctioned it off, raised like 52 grand for this porcelain wow. eagle that was collecting dust. And we gave all the money to St. Jude's. That's amazing. And also that might be the most Chicago thing I've ever heard. Oh, don't worry. I got an Eagle guy. Like, I got an Eagle guy. <laughs> who the hell says that? It's like, you know, you got a meat guy. You got like, there's all these things, but like, I got an Eagle guy. Like, I got a guy. Everybody's got, got a guy, you know? Everyone's got a guy, I swear. And it's just like, when you can put it with the most ridiculous thing possible, like I can only imagine the looks that you got from your teammates. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they loved it, though. I mean, I brought that thing in. They were all about it. 
Oh my god. He got a, he got he got a wing clipped. One of his wings got clipped off, but he made it through. It adds to the to the legacy of, you know, the badass eagle. Yeah. I got to find who has it. Somebody somebody according to the rumors. Uh-oh. We're back. I got it. All right. Damn spam callers, you know. Oh my Sorry. God! And the spam, I ended you. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. Um, okay, so still on to 2017. You then go on and win the World Series with Houston. What was the one moment that like sticks out to you the most during that series? Oh, I, I mean. That's really difficult because <laughs> so many games were back and forth and just high intensity. And yeah, I mean, it was a game five, I think, where we had the lead, lost the lead, took the lead, lost the lead, tied it up, took the, you know, it was like back and forth. I don't know how many innings it went. I've never in my, in my baseball career thought we were going to win or thought we were going to lose so many times back and forth. I mean, it was a half an inning difference. And I was like, oh, we're so winning. I can't believe we're going to lose this game. We're going to win. Oh, my God. I can't believe we're going to lose. You know, it was like it was back and forth. And we ended up winning it. And I was just like, this is – I mean, the, the amount of energy that was in that stadium at the time, the noise that was in there, and the feeling of just stress being relieved all at one time when, they, when we won that game was – was a feeling that I can't even really describe other than to let you imagine it. So 2017 in a nutshell, did you just feel like you had to keep pinching yourself? Um, during the playoffs or like during the season or? I mean, just in general, cause I mean, you started off on unfortunately a low, but then, you know, you got to have two huge monumental career moments that I think, you know, most people only wish happens. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, the, the rest of the season, I really have a hard time <laughs> recalling a lot of it. But, like, going mm -hmm. into the playoffs and just seeing how the games went compared to, like, a regular season game, you could definitely see the difference in not necessarily, like, intensity, but just the energy that's around the stadium, the energy that's on the field is, is just different than during the regular season. And I was telling everybody, I was like, if I don't have an ulcer now, I can't get one. I cannot get an ulcer because I would sit in that bullpen, especially in the World Series, and I'd be like rocking on the seat. I'm just like, oh, my stomach's killing me. You know, I'm just like, this, this feeling sucks. I'm like, and it wasn't for me, I don't think. I was like, oh, I really, we just need a hit right here. Like this one hit right here is going to change everything. So it was more for, for our guys. Like I was pulling for our team so much and for each individual guy to to put up results and, and go out there and get the big hit or make the big pitch. But when that phone rang and they're like, Gregerson, get up, it's like all my nerves and all my anxiety just disappeared and I became a baseball player again. Like it was – the more I sat there and watched Idol, the worse I felt. And the more I did something, the more I played, the better I felt. So I was like – that was good. To, that was good to know, especially as a, as a player, to be to know that you can go out there and compete after you've just been sitting there and like anxious and nervous the whole time, just worrying about 
your guys out there on the field. So to be able to go out there and actually perform after feeling like that was was a good was a good feeling for me personally, but just good for the team as well, I guess. Absolutely. Um, so to kind of pivot a little bit, we unfortunately like can't talk about you know that year without that cheating scandal. Can you just talk about it from like your perspective as someone who was in the clubhouse? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I would definitely lead off by <laughs> saying I do not condone it and I am not down with it because especially as a pitcher, it only hurts the pitcher when you do what you did and it only helps the hitter. So for me as a pitcher, I'm like, guys, this is, this is kind of bogus, you know, like <laughs> – if I'm on the other side and I, and I catch anyone doing stuff like this, like we're gonna have we're gonna have some real problems. With that said, being in the bullpen, like we 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 never saw it. Like it was kind of like out of out of sight for us most of the time. You know, we come in for like an inning and you know and see something, but it was like <clears throat> most of the time we were just kind of out out of the picture. We really didn't have any say. So we spoke our minds. You know, a few guys on the team would, would speak up and be like, guys this isn't good, like, we shouldn't be doing this, or, like, this is not a good idea, you know, but as we know, things like this have gone on in baseball for a really long time. This is not, like, a new phenomenon where it's like, oh, my God, whose idea was this to to start stealing signs, you know? Well, first of all, it's been going on for a long time. Second of all, the Houston Astros are not the only team doing it. So for all these people out there to start pointing fingers, I get it. We won. We're in the spotlight. You got to pick on. You got to pick on somebody. You pick on them. I just kind of wish they would have dug a little deeper and shown that it wasn't just a one-team thing, and this team won only because of what they did. Again, I don't condone it. I didn't like it, <clears throat> but I think at the end of the day, <clears throat> the Houston Astros I think had the best team out there. I think we had the best pitching staff, and I think we had the best hitters on the best hitters in the game. I would never, in my life, tell anybody that those guys could not play baseball and that those guys didn't deserve to win because I think they did. And I think at the end of the day, we were playing on an even playing field. Like I said, other teams were doing it. We've we caught guys personally out of the bullpen doing it. I have firsthand knowledge of other teams that were said they were doing it. <clears throat> so it's hard for me to sit back and say uh, we should give up our rings or we should give up our trophy, you know? I mean, there's a lot of teams when all this stuff came out there. I, I thought, you know, and I don't want to bring his name into it exactly, but John Smoltz, I thought he said it beautifully on ESPN one night. He's like, listen, if you guys think for a second that the Astros are the only team involved in something like this, you guys are dead wrong. And I guarantee there's a lot of teams out there right now pushing that button, saying abort, abort, abort. Let's get out of this business. We don't want no part of that. And you know what? It, it's going to be better for the better. You know, there's imp- rules implemented. I saw they just implemented some new rules today. And it should hopefully clean this stuff up and, and make the game a lot cleaner and a lot better and, and a little more even keeled. Because if you went out there and seen some pitchers just get shellacked and they got their good stuff that day, it's kind of tough to see. So, like, kind of just, just to go back to what you said, like, sign stealing is a part of the game. Like, that's not a secret. It's, it is what it is. But, like, in the moment, did you know, like, yeah, I don't really think this is, like, we should be doing this? Like, did you feel that way from the get-go? <clears throat> Absolutely. 
And, we, and like I said, a lot of guys spoke their minds about it. And unfortunately, those guys were the guys that were kind of on the outside, not the ones in there all the time hitting and playing this game, you know. And with that said, too, I mean, not everybody was involved in it. Not everybody was doing it. Having the knowledge of it makes you involved, and I get that part. But, I mean, there was guys that definitely did not take advantage of that part of it. You know, like, and Correa, I thought Correa had a really good interview one day during spring training where <clears throat> he was talking about other guys calling the team out because of what they did when we know that they were doing it as well. I was like, first of all, that's bogus. You guys know you were doing it as well. Stop talking about it. And, and guys like Altuve, like Altuve never used it. That guy is a pure hitter. That guy likes to go out there and react to a pitch. He does not like to know what's happening. He wants to go out there and see what's happening and make a reaction to that, and he never used it. And, again, that's just from what I understand. I was not in there all the time to really witness it, so it's hard for me to say for sure. But it sucks because this is always going to be tainted. You know, um, you put an asterisk on it, whatever you want to say. But at the end of the day, I think the best team still won the game. How do you think the MLB because technology is not going away, it's only going to get more advanced, which means the possibility of we'll call it advanced sign stealing is going to be a part of the game. How do you think the MLB can like implement things where it's still a fair game? Yeah, and I, I think they started um, <clears throat> I just I, I, mean, I just read it this morning. They implemented a a system where for now at least. And I won't have, I don't have all the details exact, but I know that they're going to be limiting time that any player can be spending inside the video room. And if it's a replay room or any room that has access to seeing the catcher to where you can witness signs, players will have no access to that. So I know that's one part that they've implemented currently or are, are implementing. Um, so I think that's one way. I mean, the amount, the amount you can limit what guys can see besides what's on the field, I think is the best way to tackle that. And I think right now they're doing, doing a pretty good job of trying to find a way to, to make that work. I, I hope they do. And, you know, it, I guess we'll just have to see kind of what happens next, unfortunately. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. <laughs> so played in the league for 13 years, you've got to live out your dreams what else do you feel you still need to prove um as a player i mean as a player yeah oh i don't know if my my proven days are behind me or not but uh i would say the, the only thing that i'm a little upset about is how i is how i finished finished out my career if this is the end of it um if it is the end i'm okay like i'm a, i'm happy like i said i got a great family everyone's healthy um, I have a lot of other things that I enjoy to do besides play baseball. So I don't feel like I'm going to have an issue moving on from that. Um, but I had a really good career where I was healthy for pretty darn the most of it. And then the last two years, I just got caught with whatever it was. And it just set me on a snowball effect from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And I just couldn't catch up. And I'm just upset that, it kind of ended like that if if that's the way it's going to end i would like to go back out and play play again and and show that i can still do it and get guys out and still be effective but again if i don't get that chance 
I'm in a happy place anyway, so it's all good. All right. So we, I have this new thing. It's the who, not the do. So we know your do. Your do is baseball, but who is Luke Gregerson, the person? Hmm. Getting philosophical now. A little bit. Well, <clears throat> how, how so? Like, how so do you want to know, like, my growing up years, or are you just trying to figure out, like, who I am now, what I like to do, and just what, like, what like right, right now, you know, for people listening or watching, like, what is important for them to know about Luke Gregerson? Hmm. Okay. Well, let's see. I got three kids. So I grew up in a, a family of five kids. Um, I have 25 first cousins. So my whole life I've been a family man without realizing it until I got older. So, I mean, what I have here with my, with my kids and my, and my wife, I got my brother across the street who also has three, three kids. So we have uh, quite the house full at times. Um, family's number one. I mean, we do, we get, and fortunately, unfortunately, during this quarantine, we've had a lot of time to, to do a lot of things that we normally wouldn't do. Uh, not playing baseball. This is only my second summer home in 20 something year, 20 years. I don't, wow. I, don't, I mean, even in college, I was always playing baseball. So I kind of look back and it's like, since college, I mean, I've, I've been playing baseball every summer. Mm-hmm. So we get to do a lot more stuff right now. And my son is four. He loves to fish and golf, you know, so we get to do a lot of these things together. And it's, it's been really exciting for me to see him growing and, and becoming a better little athlete and just seeing the passion that he has for fishing and, and his, his cousins and stuff like that, too. So, I mean, long story short, family's number one. Um, outside of that, I mean, I'm still an athlete. I'm still a competitor. So I have a hard time not doing things um, competitively. So I still try, I still try to golf all the time and like get out there and compete against guys and try to try to perfect and get better at those things. Um, I love working with my hands. Uh, so I, I grew up in a family, not just my dad, but in a family of people who worked with their hands. Uh, my one uncle's a master plumber. I have an uncle who's a master carpenter. You know, my dad was kind of like that Jack of all trades. You know, we could do everything from plumbing, electric, to remodeling, to structural, drywall, you know, what, whatever it may be. So I love, I still love to work with my hands. And in my, in my downtime, I do a lot of that. So I have like a little wood shop in my garage. And I know I'm not supposed to be using power tools, but I have this whole time. So it doesn't matter now that people know that. You know, my, my agent would always call me and say, hey, you got all your fingers on your hands? I said, yeah, still got them. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, so, I mean, I love building things. I love working my hands and, and spending time with my family. And then right now, that's, that's pretty much my everyday. Well, you did go into the family business. I mean, you do. I mean, you're a pitcher. You're using your hands. Well, that's true. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Okay, let's go ahead and take a quick cheers. We're going to do, um, I, I called it rapid fire, but it's more like random ridiculous questions just to kind of end on a fun note. All right. Okay. Um, what is something people would be surprised to know about you? Hmm. I thought I just gave you that one. You did. You kind of <laughs> did. <laughs> we'll say that's it then. Um, okay. I know you're a bourbon and scotch guy. What's your go-to bourbon or scotch? Ooh, if, I, if I'm just grabbing one off the shelf, I've been loving this High West 
double rye from so good from Utah. Utah, Utah. There you go. Yeah. So good. I've been loving that one. I, I and you know moderately priced, so it's not something that's gonna that you're trying to like save for too long. But it's a, it's a great great to put like one or two cubes in and just sip on that for a while. But I got a nice little selection. You know, if you if you want to see it, I'll show it to you. Let's go. Let's see it. All right. Let's go see it. Let's see it. Yeah, I mean, it's still growing, but is this turn? This turn? Does it? Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah. Okay, so we got Black Label, Knob yeah, Creek. <laughs> yeah, keep it away from everyone. Do. There you go. Oh my God! Did you get that after your dad? I I found it a couple few months back down in Jupiter, um, Jupiter, Florida, and I was like, I gotta get that. So you gotta it's get really that. tasty, actually, too. Nice. Found this at my wife's grandma's house. She said I could have it. It's from like the forties. Oh I my god, that's it. fantastic! That's Yellowstone. Yellowstone's pretty good. I haven't tried this one yet. Got it from a friend. This one here was uh, a gift. Oh, that's so nice. But yeah, gotta have the Crown Royal. You know, we're a Crown Royal family. Lovewood Agency. Jack Rye Manifest. High West is really good, and it doesn't break. It doesn't break the bank, which is like super nice about that too. That's what in God's name is that? That's Willet. Will that's it? A, that's a bourbon, yeah. I think it's a bourbon whiskey. That Actually. looks like a potion bottle that you would find no, at Hogwarts. I, I thought it was because the bottle was really cool looking, but it's also pretty tasty. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Okay, what is get, the... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no you go ahead. Go ahead. Irrelevant. It is irrelevant. Okay. Um, what is the kindest thing a stranger has done for you? Oh, man. Hmm. A random stranger. You know, it's wow. I don't know. You know, I've gotten the, the privilege of meeting a lot of people along the way in baseball, um, and I don't know if I would call this the kind of thing a stranger's done, but I've made some really good relationships with just random people I've met, like fan wise or outside of the stadiums and stuff like that. But uh, I don't, heck, I don't, I don't know. I mean, besides something like that, I mean, they were random strangers at once and we've, we've all become pretty good friends and we all keep in touch. But as far as a random thing, uh, it's a tough one. I'd have to think about that. Think, we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that, okay? Um, if you could be a professional at any other sport, what would it be? Golf, 100%. All right. Um, what is vaccinated? Good, but I try to be. <laughs> I um, I hear your son is really, really good and likes to call out Ronnie at how bad he is, which I think is fantastic. Oh, he is by far a better golfer than Ron. Well, no offense, Ron, if you're listening. <laughs> well, I'll say this: he's definitely better than me because I can't even make contact with from the putt to the ball. So I just take the ball and I just throw it because I just get pissed off. Oh, that's not golf then. No, it's not. It's just me being angry. <laughs> it's not good. Okay, what is vastly overrated in your opinion? Oh, politics. <laughs> yes. And um, I love Phil politics, so. 
it is over. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fill in the blank. Never have I ever what? I'm not drunk enough for this game yet. <laughs> okay, then we'll. <laughs> okay, um, go to karaoke song. Ooh, I got a bunch actually. I love Top karaoke. Three. Um, I would say the ones I've sang the most would be like Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash. Um, I like to sing Keep Your Hands to Yourself by the Georgia Satellites. Uh, maybe some Born in the USA or something, you know, something like John Cougar Mellencamp and other oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think every single one of John Cougar Mellencamp's song is my go-to karaoke. Oh, well, there you go. Pink Houses. Uh, yeah, Pink Houses is probably my favorite. Pink Houses is definitely, like, anytime I'm with my sister, I swear, it's like, and there's karaoke, I'm like, you ready? Let's go. <laughs> hey, I mean, just for the record, uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to see them through the stairway, but I do have my own uh, speakers ready to rock and roll whenever the time comes. <laughs> for you to karaoke so karaoke is like always on deck then it's always a possibility you never always know a possibility yeah um what was the first scary movie you ever saw oh that i i can't answer that i i watched so many scary movies that i really don't even know oh god i mean I, probably, if i had to guess it was probably like one of the jason movies you know friday the 13th or something like that i if i had to guess it was probably one of those but I really like horror films and nobody else likes to watch them with me. So I end up watching them by myself and I just, you know, I I'm too much of a chicken shit. So God bless. Um, what is the best piece of advice someone's giving you? Mm, you know what? I, I don't know if I, a little late, a little late for me, but I, I've been loving this quote by uh, Dabo Sweeney. Uh, the head coach at Clemson. And he said, he came and spoke to us one time uh, in 2018 or 19, maybe it was early 19. Either way, he had said, I will do what I can while I can so that when I cannot, I will not wish that I could have when I should have. And I was like, dude, that was awesome. I was like, and I've been using it. I've been, I've been quoting him ever since, ever since he told me. It's only been a couple of years, you know, but I'm like, that is, that's genius. I was like, that, that sums up everything about what somebody should be doing in the moment to me that I just want to pass that on to everybody else. And, I, and, I, and I've been using it. I mean, actually, I just signed some fan mail a couple of days ago, and this kid asked me, like, this group of questions, and so I started filling them all out. And, and I put that on the back of the envelope. I wrote it like, you know, so I folded it up, I licked it, closed it up, and I wrote that on the back of the envelope and I just sent it back to him. I was like, cause I just think that's such an amazing quote for someone to sit there and be like, well, why should I do this right now? Why not? You know, maybe you won't have this chance again to do this right, you know, later on, you know, why not take advantage of it when you can? That is so yeah. true. Okay, who should my next guest be? Whew, I mean, I don't know. I, who do you know? Who don't you know? Who do you want to talk to? I want to talk to anyone who, um, honestly, the whole point of this show is to help people realize that we just have more in common with each other than we have different. So I well, just want to tell me much, really. You haven't told me 
maybe I should start asking you questions because I don't really know that much about you. Fire away. Well, I mean, I don't have any prepared. You had this whole, all this time to write these things down and prepare. <laughs> well, for me, I'll say this. The what most were you doing before this whole pandemic nonsense? Uh, I was bartending. I was bartending at my family's bar. I was bartending um, downtown in Chicago and loved it. Loved being in the restaurant industry and just being around it. It's a lot of fun. To me, it's kind of like this. It's just, it's talking. Um, and I knew I didn't want it to be my forever, but I knew I was like, this is a great gig. I get to be around food. I get to eat some of the best food prepared by some of the best chefs in the world, you know, and yeah. I get to taste some of the best wine and bourbon, like just because like, um, but then I knew I wanted to do this. Like, I just, I love doing this. And uh, then I had a feeling that this pandemic was going to be bad. Couldn't explain it. it. was a really bad gut feeling. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm screwed. And I gave myself a day to feel sorry for myself. I said, cry, scream, do what you got to do. And the girls I, I was living with at the time, one still had a job, the other one was a nurse. And I was like, I cannot be that person who watches Netflix until five in the morning. Because <laughs> no. I will. So I was like, <laughs> I have to find a reason to wake up every day. Like, I just have to. So what's that reason? And then I was like, well, we're all going to be drinking. So like, let's just do it together. Like, let's just have, let me virtually be your bartender, which is kind of what happened. Nice. So what's your, what's your ultimate goal then? with this show are you looking more for the sports world are you just are you just kind of looking for everyday people to relate with and a and little talk bit to? of both a little bit of both like i don't want to just limit to just sports i love sports i could talk sports all day and believe me i wouldn't leave my couch if i didn't have to because now sports is on so i can just be like totally content um but i think you know it's it's the possibility of just talking to anyone who has a really great story to tell. How do you feel about your Southsiders right now? Oh God. Cause I know that you are a White Sox fan. I am a diehard White Sox fan. Um, <laughs> I described the White Sox as getting back into a really bad relationship. Mm. Like there was that like, like moment. Yeah, actually, it's better to describe the Bears that way because it's like, yeah. you know, there's greatness within them. And they're that guy that comes along to you and he's like, I've changed. I'm not the same person I was. Look at me. Got a new facade. Yeah. And then they take the mask <laughs> off and you're like, you're still the same. You haven't changed. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, have true, faith, I, I, I have I faith in this so, Good. I, I do too. And as a baseball player, I've had a hard time. You know, I really can't say too much. I couldn't, I should say, say too yeah. much about it before because I had, you know, I was all about, I'm all about loyalty. And, and when I'm part of a team, that's where my loyalty lies. And there's no question, there's nothing you can do to change that. So when, since I've been playing baseball, the Cubs and Sox could lose every single game for the rest of their lives. And I wouldn't have cared. Not rest of their lives because obviously I wouldn't be playing that long. But as long as I'm playing and I'm not on their team, they could lose them all and I wouldn't give a crap, you know, so. Now that I'm not playing, and if I don't continue to play, I gotta start getting back into the swing of things and start getting my kids some new clothes. It's you. You probably should. Um, I, I'm just excited to see what comes from it. It's just, it's weird being so close to the stadium and not being able to go in. I think that's it's a weird yeah. feeling, and um, 
you know, the, the, the park over by the stadium started a softball uh, night on Mondays and Wednesdays. So it's been nice to just see like sports in person, even though like it's not the best. I'm like, it's better yeah. than nothing. But even like, you know, I'll, you know, put the game on my phone and watch it. And then it's just weird. I'm like, it's right there. And I just can't go in. Like, it's just, it's. Yeah, it sucks. I, I just want a corned beef sandwich from the stadium. That's all <laughs> I want. I just want their fat corned beef sandwich. That's it. Uh, well, maybe I can make a couple phone calls and have one sent to you. Oh my God, please. I would die with their jalapeno <laughs> coleslaw and the chipotle mayo they're probably chips. Not even, they're probably not even making that stuff right now. Over probably there. not. But I promise you, if, if you get to go to a Sox game as a fan, right field, it was by the Xfinity Lounge. This is how much I'm, I'm obsessed with food. Um, it is on marble rye bread. It's about this big. It's as big as my head. Um, it's a jalapeno coleslaw with a chipotle mayo. And you're never going to want another sandwich ever again in your entire life. Sounds, sounds delicious. It's fantastic. Um, so wait, you didn't answer my question. Who should my next I'm guest sorry. be? I'm sorry. We got sidetracked. We got sidetracked. Side side it's, it's fine. It's fine. What was the question? Who should my next guest be? Mm. <sighs> I'm trying to think. It don't have to be local because obviously we can do this from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Give me some thoughts. Give me some thoughts of what you're thinking about lately. Like, are you, are you thinking politics? Are you thinking about money? Are you thinking about like what? Like, give me something that maybe would trigger something to say, this would be a good person to talk to. I mean, honestly, now that sports is back, that's all I want to talk about. All right. That's it. Let me see if I can. I mean, I don't know if he'll do it. But how would you like to talk to, like, a Dallas Keuchel? Yeah. Would that work? Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, it'd probably be better for your fan base, you know, being Chicago and all. I'm that just a native. Be... I'm just that... a Chicago native. <laughs> no, that would be awesome. That would be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you can see, I, I still have I'm, – I'm trying to represent a little bit. I got some really old – where are they at? Some really old banners up there. Oh, my there. God, Yeah. I got, I got from my childhood. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I've had this that's... thing since I was, hell, I don't even know how old I was. Too, too young, yeah. we'll just say. Too young, too young, yeah. I was a kid. Single digits, probably. You know, and, and Jordan just had to travel with you everywhere, apparently. I'm, I mean, I've had that. I have a... The, the one with his arms out in, the, in the, my closet. I got the Erlacher one with his arms out. I got a whole bunch of stuff. Just oh, my God. I haven't put them all up yet. That's fantastic. Okay, and then lastly, um, I, I was asking this question to everyone, and I think it still kind of applies. What have you learned about yourself during this pandemic? I've learned that I have a lot of questions still about life and people and the country. I mean, I've, I've been really getting into politics a lot um, over the last like five years. And I'm honestly really disappointed with the way our country is. And I have a lot of questions surrounding things like, why do people act certain ways when I feel like to the to the most basic 
of people, some of the things I see on TV are, are just beyond the realm of what I would ever in my life consider doing, saying, or thinking. And it makes me wonder, you know, sometimes where we are headed as just a, a group of people, as a, as a country, as, as human beings, you know, and, and I know it sounds weird, but it's, uh, that's honestly something I've thought about a lot lately. And so I try to really keep up with what's going on in the world, what's going on with this pandemic, what's going on with uh, how people are trying to combat it, how people are trying to react to um, all the people out of work and the welfare and the homelessness and I don't have answers yet, and I'm really hoping one day I can really come up with something that contributes to society more than being a baseball player. Um, I just haven't really come up with anything yet, and I think it's more because I'm just still in the amazement phase of, my, of all of this, where I'm just like, I can't believe this, these things are happening, but what can I do to, to make a difference, you know? And right now, that's, that's where a lot of my, my mind has been lately. I look forward to seeing the next chapter of Luke Gregerson and making a difference in the country and in the world. Yeah, why not? Why can't it be me? All right. <laughs> so if you will raise your glass, we always end on a toast because we're drinking sure. and it just makes sense. Um, may the best of the past be the worst of your future. Hot damn. Mm -hmm. Man, that's a good beer. Okay, who else really wants a 312 right now? Because I know I do. And guys, fun fact for you it's not called a 312, it's called a 312. 312 is a fantastic beer by Goose Island out of Chicago. It is an urban wheat ale that has a little bit of like a really crisp, refreshing um, lemon aftertaste to it that is just. To me, it's the perfect beer like all summer long, but it's just the perfect beer all year long in all honesty. So Luke, thank you because I'm definitely planning on drinking 312 this weekend. My palate is actually salivating thinking about it right now. Okay, guys, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I know there were many things that I took away from it and I hope you guys took something away from it as well. I'm curious to know though if we'll ever find out what other teams in the MLB have implemented technology for sign stealing. Because based off of the conversation that was just had it seems like it's probably more than we're aware. So I guess uh, to be determined, right? Okay, so New segment this week. Well, we're actually going to be doing a new segment on the show. Let me preface that. And it's going to be called You Can't Fix Stupid. I've been saying this for years now. And it's going to be kind of just what bothers me. And we're going to start with people who don't know how to parallel park. There is nothing on the planet that drives me more bonkers than someone who parks in a spot and takes up two spots and instead of just like pulling all the way back 
or pulling all the way up, you take up two spots and now instead of me being able to park out in front of my house, I have to park three blocks away. Okay guys, like rule of thumb, don't get a car if you don't know how to park. Most of the, most cars now have these things called like backup cams. So you can like literally be almost making out with the hood of someone's car if need be, okay? Just like, guys, can we please just like be better at parking? Like, please, because I don't want to be angry. No one wants to be angry. But I promise you, there is no way that I am alone when it comes to this load of BS, okay? So please learn how to park. Or, you know, if if you don't know how, just, just don't drive. Don't drive. All right, guys, that will conclude this week's episode of Bar Talk. Um, to make sure, and so I know that you guys heard and listened to this all the way through, I want you to comment the um, beer emoji on the latest post that I have um, with Luke Gregerson as the photo, okay? So to make sure that I know you listened all the way through, comment the beer emoji on the photo with uh, Luke Gregerson that is posted on Bar Talk with Jenna. All right, guys. So everyone, I hope you take the time this week to realize that you have more in common with each other then you have different. I'll see you next week. Take care. Hey everybody, it's closing time. You don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here.